Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, what a week. I apologize if this is coming to you late. I'm recording this late on Saturday night. Uh, My producer, Nicole, the wonderful Nicole, is at a Dave Matthews concert today. Having the time of her life, I'm sure. So I'm going to send this to her. She might not be able to get it up till tomorrow. It's okay. I appreciate you all for bearing with me. I was at the shore this week. Uh, It was 4th of July. I know I said on the last podcast that I was probably going to record Tuesday, but that just didn't happen because I went down the shore on Tuesday night. A ton of Janelle drama was going down and I was like, fuck, I I can't record today because I know like a ton more is going to go down. I don't want this to go out on Sunday being like, so behind on everything so yeah if this comes out later on Sunday I hope you can all forgive me anyway let's start with the news um I'm gonna do the light news story story first which is that Leah apparently has a new boyfriend his name is Jason he's supposedly 39 years old I don't think he looks 39 years old I think he looks closer to 47, but, you know, who am I to judge that? He apparently has a college degree and works in the medical supply field, sales field, medical supplies sales field. I can't speak, but yeah, that's what he does. He seems normal, which, as you know, is very unusual for the team mom world. They've apparently been dating for three months. I'm using quotes around three months. I did read something today that said that he had been dating somebody in May, like for months, (laughs) had ended a year-long relationship in May. So does that mean that they met at the end of May and it's now the beginning of July and Lee is calling it three months? I mean, it is teen mom and that is teen mom relationship math. Apparently, this Jason guy has one kid, and he only officially got divorced in October 2017. Leah has not only introduced her children to him, they have taken a vacation to Florida together, apparently, which I am wildly, wildly uncomfortable. The rapidness of which these women introduce their children to essentially strangers is so concerning to me. If you want to introduce them, like, wait six months, dude. Wait six months. If not six months, like, and you want to introduce them as your friend, like, okay. But I have heavy concerns about a man traveling with Leah's children. She is a single mother, which makes her more vulnerable to pedophiles and predators. Unfortunately, that's just the reality. That's just what statistics say. So for her to... Be taking a man with her on vacation. I'm assuming usually Leah seems to like rent a house. Um, that makes me really, I don't like that. 
I don't like the idea that he's sleeping in the same house as these girls after possibly three months. Let's be real, probably more like one to two months max. Um, I don't know that. It doesn't seem appropriate to me. She has three little girls. Um, They're just really, she's really vulnerable. Leah is a very vulnerable woman. Not only does she have three little girls, she has a million miles of baggage and trauma that she's dragging with her that don't even have anything to do with the fact that she has three little kids. Uh, I think the age gap is suspect. She's only 26. He's 39. He has a career. Like, what? He's supposedly, like, an established person. I'm a little confused in, like, what he would see in a 26-year-old. But, you know, sometimes age gaps can work. And so even putting aside the age gap... Leah's never been a very mature person. I just, she's just so vulnerable. And we know how fucking fast she moves with people. Her and Corey were married. They got back together after she cheated on him. And they were married within, what, six months? If that, they were engaged after like a month and then got married right away. Uh, She and Jeremy got pregnant like after I think a month or two of being together. She ended up miscarrying that baby. Then they got married quickly after that. And then she got pregnant with Addie. All within like a year of meeting him. Uh, we know post rehab she had TR dues moved into her house for like a year. Uh, now she's been single for two years I guess. Which like great good for her. Except we know that she was fucking Jeremy during this. So it's not like she's been completely single and working on herself. But I mean whatever. She hasn't rushed into a relationship in a little bit and that's great and I'm happy for her but I I'm guessing she'll be engaged to this guy like by November or December (laughs) because it's Leah also it's very funny the fan reaction to him online people are like holy shit he's amazing I'm so happy for her oh this is so great the bar is so fucking low that like he apparently has a uh, a degree in psychology and sociology and everyone's like he has two college degrees like he has a double major like and people are like and a successful career like he's a 40 year old man he has a job <laughs> don't I mean don't mer- most 40 year old men have jobs and like a college degree like it, it's great that she didn't just pick some jackass who's just like gonna hope probably completely use her um but yeah the bar is just so low it's so sad I'm definitely in like a let's wait and see how this progresses I personally think they're moving too fast but we'll see what happens oh he also has these weird comedy videos um under the name meth yes you heard that right meth man I haven't brought myself to watch them yet because I love myself. And they came up while I was, like, at the shore and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not interested in doing this. By the way, in case anyone's wondering, I'm recording in my new bedroom. It is 100,000 degrees in here. I usually sit in here with two fans on. But, like, the air conditioning in my mom's apartment is at 71 degrees. It's just... Because it's on the second floor, the whole thing is, like, when we have tons of windows and the heat just, like, comes in, even though it's actually a beautiful day today. But it just gets very hot in here in the summer, so I sit with, like, two fans cross-blowing on me, and I'm always very comfortable. 
But right now I'm like really hot and I even tried to record with one of the fans on me, but it was loud as fuck. You could clearly hear it. So if I die of heat stroke in the middle of this, um, make sure nobody ever finds out about this podcast. (laughs) Make sure no one in my life ever finds out about this. Have I discussed this that like I never tell anybody that I have a podcast and I would say 90% of the people who know me in real life do not know that I have a podcast. (laughs) It's just kind of embarrassing. And when people find out that I have a podcast, I tell them it's reality TV related. And usually they don't ask me more than that. Oh, and I know I had said last week uh, that I wasn't sure if my mom really knew I had a podcast. But (laughs) she did ask me the other day because she said, oh, do you still have your podcast? Like I saw your microphone. And I said, yeah. And she said, can I listen to it? And I said, I mean, sure. But like. I don't really think that you're going to find it interesting. And she said, well, what about when you're recording it? And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, can I listen to you while I record it? And I was like, I mean, no, because that means, like, I would have to do it, like, in the living room and you would just have to sit quietly and, like, we'd have to lock Cookie up. Cookie's the dog. Remember, I was yelling at her last week. And she was like, oh, that's weird. It would be really weird to record a podcast with my mom just, like, staring at me talking about a show and characters that she doesn't know at all. (laughs) I think next week I'm going to try and record at my dad's apartment because they're at the shore on the weekends and the dog, their dog, who's an angel and would not bark during this, except of course she would, uh, their dogs with them at the shore every weekend. So I think that I will try and record there. Wow. Literally no one cares about this. Okay. Let me get to the good stuff. Actually, it's disgusting that I called it the good stuff, but it's about Janelle. So this week has been disgusting for Janelle. Um, on Sunday, news broke via an anonymous Twitter account called DeadbeatMom underscore Janelle, I think it's called. Um, I don't follow it. It's a private account. I didn't, you know how I'm always talking about like get in early, follow them, but I've been really trying hard not to follow, um, a lot of like the teen mom hate accounts because it just is brings me down it's negative I find a lot of them honestly pathetic uh there's no empathy they just want to like straight up murder Janelle and it's just not something that I'm interested in being a part of anymore where I was you know years ago in my my past life really in my active addiction is when I was like into like the hardcore hate accounts now I prefer to use reddit which is like still a hellscape sometimes but a lot more nuisance and there's more empathy there and of course on the emotionally broken psychos facebook page which if you're listening to this and you don't know about come and join uh on the questions it asks you like how did you find out about this just say feathers in my hair it says who is your slender mommy and the answer is malls but if you can't remember that by the time uh you get to the questions if you just put feathers in my hair or liz or whatever like i'll I or one of the other admins will absolutely accept you. But that's mostly where I like to talk about Teen Mom and get Teen Mom information from. Because I just don't... The hate accounts are just so negative. So there's been this account called Deadbeat Teen Mom under... Deadbeat Mom underscore Janelle uh, that's been kind of like posting stuff for the last few weeks. Uh, It's posted a few things. So one thing... The first thing I think it posted was like a complaint from CPS about Ensley testing positive at birth for marijuana, but it was like, or Janelle testing positive, whatever happened. It was like a handwritten complaint. It was very weird. And also like, we already knew about it. So I was like, okay, like 
one, it's weird that it's like handwritten. Two, even if this is true, like even if this is a real report, like I don't really give a fuck because we've been know we've been knowing that Ensley tested positive for uh, THC at birth. We found that out what last almost a year ago, last August. So it's like okay, cool. Like you're releasing information that we've known for basically a year. Then the supposed pictures of Janelle's house sinking were posted. And I was still pretty skeptical. I've just been around for a long time. And I've seen so many fake accounts, like people who have had people convinced that they were Janelle's classmate or Janelle's childhood friend, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, there was this one girl that convinced everyone she was Janelle's classmate, like, back when the first time she went to Miller Mont, like, forever ago. This is probably, like, in 2012. Uh, like, before she was with Nathan and actually graduated with her MA certificate or whatever. She had gone to Miller Mont for a couple of classes. I think that's how you pronounce it. Miller Mont. Or is it Moti? I'm going to call it Miller Mont. So... This girl had come on and told everyone that she, like, had gone to class with Janelle, had all these stories, and then it turned out she was faking it, but people, like, kind of liked her, so she stayed around, and, like, honestly, they weren't, I know, like, it's the Janelle, like, hatters, but back then, it was just, like, we didn't have a name for ourselves. That didn't come about, I think, until there was, like, a Janelle typo, like, two or three years ago. Uh, This was, like, way before anybody was called a hatter. Um, but her name was Kelsey and eventually (laughs) Kelsey and Kiefer started talking and Kiefer ended up moving in with this girl and like dating her. (laughs) I think she lived in Indiana. It was so weird. Like she went from lying about knowing Janelle to being Kiefer's girlfriend in like less than two years. It was very bizarre. Anyway, so I'm like always very skeptical of anonymous accounts that know Janelle. But, I mean, the pictures were kind of convincing. We saw on the, like, we saw then on the episode of the next week that their house was damaged and sinking. So, it could be real. And a lot of people are like, huh, I wonder who could have taken those pictures. It's not 100% sure that that was their house. But it seems likely. So, nothing really came of this account. And then on Sunday, this account posts that, Kaiser, who had been with Nathan that weekend, it was Kaiser's birthday weekend, it was Nate's weekend with him, Nate and Ashley, his girlfriend, drove up from Florida, that Kaiser was not being returned to Janelle, that Doris and Nathan were refusing to return him, and CPS was involved for abuse. So, of course, the internet goes wild. I, at first, am like, (laughs) we'll see. Anything's possible, but I'm not believing this anonymous account. Well, I mean, the anonymous account has ended up being correct. I think this whole time, just that deadbeat mom underscore Janelle account. There's been another um, Facebook page called Team Mom Updates that's been posting shit all week that's like been so wrong. They just claimed today that Janelle is 100% not filming a contract to sign for season nine and is off the show, which I don't, I don't know. They've been posting wrong stuff about Kaiser all week. But if you guys are seeing that, like, be wary of the Facebook page Team Mom Updates. They speak with a lot of authority, but I don't think they're really right about a lot of stuff. Anyway, so it comes out on Sunday that Kaiser is not being returned. Then it comes out that Kaiser had marks. 
It's so sick. It's so sick. Kaiser apparently had marks which looked to be like from a stick on his butt and his legs and his back. Nate apparently called the police twice. I believe once on Friday when they first got him and then again on Sunday. Apparently, now this is all very confusing and I don't want to speak as like a legal expert because I'm not a legal expert. I don't understand the CPS stuff. I think it's extra complicated because you have to remember Nate and his mom, well, Nate's mom lives in South Carolina and Janelle lives in North Carolina. So like an intrastate issue is like, is it intrastate or interstate? I think it's interstate. I think intra means within, right? So an interstate issue, I'm just going to say that if it's wrong, let me know. Um, an interstate case for CPS is like always going to be much more complicated than an intrastate case. So apparently on Sunday, supposedly CPS gets involved, says there's not enough cause to keep Kaiser and that he should go back. But the police refused to basically forcibly remove Kaiser. Now, I have personally seen in Pennsylvania police not with not uphold custody agreements as long as they're with a custodial parent and that there's been no emergency order. So I've seen, you know, a dad that's supposed to have visitation and the mom refuses to give the child over and the police do not get involved. They do not want to forcibly remove a child. They say, go to family court. This is a civil matter. We don't want anything to do with this. So my suspicion is that that's what happened on Sunday that it wasn't necessarily the police saying, like, we believe Nathan, he cannot, he's unsafe to go with Janelle and David, but we're, CPS, like, has not, I don't really know what CPS said, sorry, I just, like, totally lost my train of thought there. CPS was not, like, you must give him back, or, I mean, CPS doesn't have that authority, that's not what CPS does. Uh, They didn't say, like, Nate can't have him. So police just decided not to get involved. Now, a bunch of shit then went down. Like, Nate's friends are tweeting. Nate's tweeting. Nate's been tweeting. Nancy Grace, help me. (laughs) We find out about... Oh, there's also... Okay. I've told... I'm sorry. I should have taken... I actually should have written down a timeline... And I did not. So I'm going off the top of my head. This was a mistake. So on the Deadbeat Mom account, they had released on Sunday when they were reporting that David or Nate was refusing to give back Kaiser. uh, They released two videos that we're still not really sure how they got out. One of them is David saying, "Who who hit you? And Kaiser says, David. And he says, huh? And he says, who hit you? And Kaiser says a little louder, David. It's weird. It's a grainy clip. It's in black and white. I don't know why it's in black and white. I don't know why it's grainy. Like, I'm sure Nate took it on his fucking iPhone. You know what? Like, I'm sure he didn't take a video in black and white. It's just, it's very weird. And then the second clip is, like, him asking where Kaiser wants to live. Do you want to live with me and grandma or do you want to live with uh, mommy and David like that type of thing and of course Kaiser says with you because he's four so they're really sad videos honestly they're sad Nate looks like an asshole asking him these questions Kaiser looks confused and sad so it's just been drama 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 then on Tuesday night 
David gets on Instagram Live. Oh, God. David gets on Instagram Live as him and Janelle are picking up Kaiser at 10 p.m. at night. It's truly a horrific video. I don't even know if I recommend you watching it. David's claiming they passed drug tests. CPS has totally closed the case. Um, the police are there, and they basically assist Janelle in getting Kaiser back. This happened, as I said, on Tuesday night. I personally believe... Oh, and we find out that Nate had left to go to Florida. Now, Ashley gave an interview to Radar claiming that she had to work on Tuesday. So on Monday night, they drove back to Florida, got there Tuesday at 5 a.m. Nate took a shower and drove back. And he was driving as this, like, change of custody went down. Which I guess is plausible because... If they drove right home, he took, like, a little nap, he showered. It's, like, a 10- or 12-hour drive from Florida to South Carolina, which is why it's fucking crazy that Nate lives in Florida, (laughs) Um, that he could have still been in the car if that's what happened. Ashley had to work. They only had one car, so they had to drive it back down. But why? Nate has a car there. They have Ashley as a job. Nate gets disability. And they have teen mom money. You mean to tell me that they couldn't afford a one-way ticket to fly Ashley down so that Nate could stay there? That doesn't make any sense to me. Just get a one-way ticket from Myrtle Beach down to fucking Tampa, Florida, near where she lives. Take an Uber home. Take an Uber to work. Also, Nate's car was there because then he drove back up in his car. Because her thing was like, he needed to get his vehicle, I needed my vehicle in Florida rent a car for a week like you're you mean to tell me you don't have five hundred dollars you know maybe a two hundred dollar plane ticket and three hundred dollars to rent a car for a week while you get this figured out you mean to tell you tell me you don't have five hundred fucking dollars so that you're there for your son i truly believe that what happened was that there's still an open cps case because apparently there is in one of the fucking counties that's involved I don't believe CPS closed out a case within two days and that Janelle and David voluntarily took drug tests and passed them, although it's not that hard to pass a drug test. I've seen people do crazy things when I was living in halfway to pass drug tests, but I just find it unlikely that they voluntarily took drug tests because most likely CPS couldn't compel drug tests in this case. What I, my speculation is that Janelle and David got wind that Nate had gone to Florida. Because remember, they they keep track of Nate. I There's somebody in Nate's life that's letting them know. They always seem to know if Nate's out at bars, when he's supposed to have custody, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They called the police and said, someone's withholding her child from us and it's not a parent. This parent is withholding, or this non-parent is withholding custody from us. Because Doris doesn't have any rights to Kaiser. She has zero rights to Kaiser. Doris is the person who supervises Nate's visitation schedule. Nate still has 50-50 legal custody of Kaiser. He just doesn't have any, like, he's not allowed to have unsupervised visits with him. That's really the only place that Doris comes into play. So I think Nate left. They called the police, so the police facilitated the handover. It's so dark, and I honestly, like, really have not been liking this situation at all like following it I don't really like talking about it right now because the reality is is like Kaiser had bruises on him 
Janelle and David are claiming that it's from a water slide at part at his school. They had like a water day. Um, thank God the videos and pictures of like the bruise haven't been released. I hope for Kaiser's sake they never get released. What I think should happen is that Doris should probably get custody. But I also, I don't know. Is Doris actually a good parent? Is she a good caregiver? We don't know. I feel so uncomfortable with this situation because people are so ready to rip Janelle or rip Kaiser away from Janelle and David, which I am too. Like, clear, I think it's pretty clear that he's at least being emotionally neglected on the land, if not physically neglected. I find it very easy to believe that David is hitting Kaiser. Very easy to believe. And I find it even easier to believe that Janelle would not protect him. Or maybe Janelle's the one that's hitting him. I don't also don't know why everyone's so sure that Janelle's not the one that's hitting him. Janelle's no fucking clue how to parent a toddler. Would it be so hard to believe that Janelle hits Kaiser? That wouldn't be hard for me to believe. Um, I think Janelle, or I think Kaiser's being abused, but I don't think Nathan would be a safe choice for him. And I'm a little worried about Doris leaving Nate unsupervised with Kaiser, but I think Nate proves that he cares about being in Florida. I think if even if Doris gets custody of Kaiser, Nate's not really going to be around him much. Uh, I think it's very clear that Kaiser needs to be removed from this situation, especially if he's being hit with a stick. Um, especially if he has vis- visible multiple bruises on him. I hope CPS steps in and does the right thing. I do not... My thing is it's like... I don't know where Kaiser should be because I don't actually know Doris and I don't know what goes on in her home. And I don't know David or Janelle either, but my gut tells me that you have a lot less to lose by putting Kaiser with Doris than you do by putting, by leaving Kaiser at David and Janelle's. It just, it makes me very scared. It's a sick situation. I feel very uncomfortable. MTV thankfully hasn't been filming all week. Because Janelle hasn't signed a new contract yet. Apparently, apparently MTV's like desperate to get her to sign so they can film this. On the Instagram Live, David was talking about the fact that he had a gun with him there. Which is just like so fucking unbelievable. He was calling Doris an ugly bitch. He was like saying that Doris's husband's about to die. He's on his deathbed. Which is probably true. He's been very sick. I don't know how Doris can take care of somebody that's on his deathbed and Kaiser. But I just think that all of the children, I don't mean to laugh, it's just so sick, that, like, all of the children should be removed from David and Janelle if Kaiser has these bruises on his body. I worry for Ensley once she gets a little older and is a wild toddler. I think Marissa might be okay because she's so calm and mellow and even keeled that they might not go after her. I think Kaiser and Jace, I think... They leave alone because they don't, they're scared of Barb, even if they won't admit it. Of course, this week, Janelle was like, my mom agrees with me that Kaiser should come home, Uh, which is what she always does when she's like really, (laughs) really trying to convince the world of stuff. She's like, even my mom agrees, which is so funny because it's like, I thought we weren't supposed to trust anything your mom said. I don't know. I'm just... I'm really scared for Kaiser to be there. I just think Kaiser gets the worst of it because he's, like, a crazy kid. You know, he's a toddler, and they just have no idea how to handle 
his energy and his rambunctiousness. And I don't think he's nurtured in any way at their home. I think he gets to run outside and play and all of that stuff is okay. But I really, really worry that they're abusing him and that they could really, that they could really hurt him. And children being severely abused and even killed by step-parents is not unheard of. And Janelle is never going to step in and protect those kids from him. She's just not. I think she's proved that. Janelle cares about Janelle and not being alone. And that's the only thing in this world that she cares about. And she is going to do her best to not ever be alone. And that means not protecting her children from abuse. Plus, is he hitting her too? I mean, who even knows? But yeah, I... I hope CPS steps in and does the right thing, but I personally would be very surprised. I'm surprised that no information is leaked about Doris filing for another emergency hearing yet. Um, I mean, maybe she has, but I don't know. Because also, like, why is Nate not filing for more custody? His fucking charges are dropped. Why is Nate going back to Florida? Like, what is Nate doing? Nate doesn't give a fuck either. Ugh, it's just this poor baby. this is why you don't have children to prove to the world that you're a good parent because you're not a good parent and you neglecting this child is not going to prove that now let's talk about the episode i like this week i thought it was a good episode this week also with chelsea because she came first on the show how does that sound so surprise chelsea's having a girl she calls Cole to tell him about finding out the gender. Here's the thing. I know lots of couples and people do like baby talk and like fuck around words and ha ha ha. It's cute. It's just not cute for me on TV. <laughs> I do like her beanie though. Um, so she finds out it's a girl. She puts up some stuff in her house. The crew comes over. They're all thrilled. Everybody's thrilled. And... Aubrey and Chelsea go to get balloons for the house to decorate it. They want to get pink balloons. So when Cole gets home from work, he'll be all surprised and happy. However, Chelsea, it's still really early. Uh, Chelsea doesn't want anybody to find out that she's pregnant. And she's worried that if she goes to the store to get pink balloons, that they're going to ask her who it's for. So her and Aubrey come up with a little lie so that they'll be on the same page. Uh, it, It was like such a throwaway scene. I mean, aren't all of Chelsea's episodes, aren't all of Chelsea's scenes throwaway scenes? But I just thought it was cute. I mean, I'll always appreciate the relationship between Chelsea and Aubrey. They have a cute little thing going. And they decide that they're just going to tell anybody who asks that they're for a friend. So they're in the store. They get six balloons I think they got yeah they got six balloons all pink and the guy asked working asked who they're for and Chelsea's like a friend do you think that was a scripted moment (laughs) it was just like I don't know I don't know it's like of course he asked but I guess like if I'm if someone came into my store that is even if I don't know their local celebrity if they have an entire film crew with them I think I would be, like, making weird small talk. Like, so, who are these for? Because <laughs> I wonder if the old guy at the store, you know, like, even knew who she was. Although I do feel like Chelsea gets 
party favors a lot and decorations a lot. So maybe they do know who she is because she's, like, a regular there. Can't you see Chelsea just, like, being that person that's a regular at, like, her party decorating store? Oh, God. Chelsea. So they get back in the car and Chelsea's like, oh, I hate lying so much. I'm so bad at it. And Aubrey's like, I hate it too. And they can't wait for Cole to get home because they don't want to keep it a secret anymore. Uh, Cole comes home to the surprise and I think he was crying. His voice didn't sound like he was crying at all, but it looked like he was crying. Obviously, he was thrilled. Uh, He looked, if we like cut out his vocal cords, he looked really hot. He was like a little scruffy. He had a beanie on. I don't know. He looked good. Uh, And they talk about like how they're going to have to get all new clothes because they only have boy stuff. And I wonder how much Chelsea spends on clothes. What do you guys think? How much do you think Chelsea spends, not even on her clothes, but how much do you guys think Chelsea spends like on baby clothes and kids clothes? Because I would bet it's a lot. Just my hunch. And, of course, that's it for this week for Chelsea. Next week is the classic father-daughter dance. But this year they're like, obviously Adam's not even invited because he's not allowed to be with Aubrey except at the visitation center. So, you know, bully for them. But, yeah, I am super bored of Chelsea. And I think she's going to name her baby Beau. Yes, I know Beau is a boy's name, but masculine names are in for girls. Personally, I've always loved masculine names for girls. Uh, I went to school with a girl named Michael, and everybody called her Mikey, and she was really pretty, and I just thought it was, like, the best name ever. I just loved it. Um, So I think it's going to be Beau or, like, Sloan, although is Sloan even a masculine name? I don't know any guy's name is Sloan, but I really, I think Beau is a strong contender I would also put a chip in for Sailor, but like Kristen Cavallari and Briston Palin both named their daughters Sailor. I would also, for some reason, I want to say Willa. I think she has a friend whose daughter's name is Willow, but I think she would do a Willa. Uh, so those are my guesses. But I just have this feeling it's going to be Beau. And also, if she doesn't name her daughter Beau, if I ever have a daughter, I might name her Beau. Because I just think it's an extremely cute name for a girl. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's my opinion on what Chelsea will name her baby. I think she's due in October, so we're still a ways away. And of course, we're not going to find out the name until the baby's here. I mean, I probably wouldn't either if I was Chelsea. I would not want to hear anybody's opinion on it. She did say on Kale's podcast that it doesn't match Watson or Aubrey. And Bo definitely doesn't. I still can't get over that she named that fucking baby Watson. By the way, Princess Jones Curtis just got a dog and named it Watson. I know. She's a Chelsea super fan. Can you guys believe that Princess is such a Chelsea super fan? I truly can't believe it. <laughs> okay, on to Brianna. And I guess I'm going to do Brianna then Kale because this week was so intertwined. Randy... For once, Randy Huska actually had a funny tweet. I don't know if you guys know, but I fucking, I don't like Randy. I don't like his tweets. I don't think he's funny normally. I just, something about him like really grinds my gears. I really don't like him talking about Chelsea or Janelle because it really feels like he's punching down. Um, I don't like how he's like always involved in Twitter drama. I just think it's fucking weird. Like I can't. I just can't imagine, like, my parents fighting with anybody about me. I don't, it's just so weird. I just, 
I can't, I just can't imagine it. Although I do wonder what my parents would be like if I was on a reality show. My dad would, oh God, it'd be a nightmare. It would be a true nightmare. But I just can't, I really truly cannot see my dad acting (laughs) the way that Randy does. Or my mom. Anyway. I'm just like picturing my dad in his fucking New Balance shoes with his like, high white socks and like khaki shorts and t-shirt that's like his uniform sitting like cross-legged that's how he sits with his reading glasses on like scrolling through twitter like getting into twitter fights oh my god (laughs) oh my god that would be a mess that'd be so embarrassing okay so brianna went to delaware with shirley and the kids which i thought was weird Although then I remembered, I think this was for Javi's birthday. They just didn't say it because I do remember that Shirley was there for Javi's birthday, which I can understand. Like, they went out with his friends in Philly. I think they got, like, a spot in Philly for the night. So I can understand, like, why um, Brianna would want Shirley there because it was, like, all of Javi's friends and she really didn't know them well. So I can see, like, you bring Shirley along, it makes it easier to travel with the kids, and she'll be there when we all go out partying that night. I guess Javi's mom watches the kids when they go out when they're all there. The family's versing marshmallows, and it's cute. But Javi and Brie apparently had a long talk, and then they let us know that Javi brought Lincoln to Kale's house. Now, you know some shit's about to go down, because why the fuck would they be telling... Why would Brianna, in her voiceover, be telling us that Javi brought Lincoln to Kale's house? So, Brie and Charlie are talking, and Javi told Brianna that he needs Brianna to move because he's 25 years old, and it's crunch time, and he can't wait, which is just, like, psychotic. They've been together for, like, fuck, three months at this point, I think. She had her Dr. Miami surgery at the beginning of January. Yeah, I'm going to actually check that exact timeline. Hold on. Okay, so apparently that surgery was the first week in February. And by the way, I just got distracted while I was looking that up, and Nate is a 100% in Florida and not in South Carolina doing shit to get his child back. And also, him and Ashley released balloons today for her departed father's birthday, and I just want to say this, stop fucking releasing balloons. They did it at the beach. Everyone, please don't release balloons. It is killing the environment it is so bad for the environment stop releasing things into the air that aren't supposed to be there even if they're biodegradable please please chinese lanterns balloons anything they're all really bad for the environment just don't do it okay so brie isn't sure what she wants to do she actually i thought was being extremely extremely rational she's like look i understand that couples make sacrifices But I am the only one being asked to make, like, such a major sacrifice. I don't know if I can move here this summer. Like, I don't know if I can move my kids to Delaware. She's crying, and she seems really stressed about it. And she's like, it's not really fair that I'm the only one that has to make a major life change. Which, I mean, it's just the reality of their situation, unfortunately. So I want to now jump to Kale's segment. This is really annoying for my segment by segment recap, unfortunately, because I have to jump around. So it's Isaac's birthday and we find out that Javi is dropping off Lincoln, as we know. Javi walks into the house with like his fucking weird look that he constantly has on his face and he's like, I want to talk to you. And Kale's like off camera and he's like, yeah. 
So they go upstairs for 15 minutes to talk, and then she comes back down, and he leaves, and she tells her friend that Javi says, you're always right, I'm breaking up with Brianna. Kale says that Javi doesn't like the surgery, he wants kids, she doesn't want kids right now, um, she doesn't want to move, it just doesn't make any sense that they're together. Kale then has this mind-blowing, <laughs> annoying line. Kale is always right. People have this perception of me that I'm some crazy baby mama and bitter ex-wife, but I just know Javi so well and I knew this would never work out. That's why I was so upset. A woman sees another woman for who she is and I saw right through her. Uh, Javi also made, Kale also made Javi say that he's always, she's always right. He, she said she did a little dance, made him repeat that and that Javi apologized to her. Okay, I want to get into this. First of all, Kale, if you weren't mad, you wouldn't have fucking acted mad. <laughs> or no, excuse me. She said that's why I was so mad because I knew I was right. If Kale knew that she was right and she knew it wasn't going to work out and that this was just a stunt, this is how Javi was, it doesn't make any sense for them to be together, which I think we all knew, then she wouldn't have been so mad. Like her reasoning that she was so mad because she knew that they weren't going to work out makes little sense to me. When you know you're in the right and you know that this is a couple that's just like waiting to blow up, you just laugh about it. And you're like, okay, good luck, guys. Let me know when you're done. This shit fit that Kale repeatedly had over this is just so stupid. And for her to be like, I'm always right, I knew exactly what I was talking about, just shows like how little self-awareness she has. She, Kale's lack of self-awareness is so fucking incredible. And for Javi to come and, like, validate her and be like, you're always right is just so crazy and it's so manipulative. And Kale fucking fell for Javi's shit there, hook, line, and sinker. And you know what, Kale? That's how you know you're not always right because you were stupid enough to fall for him telling you that. Javi doesn't fucking believe that. <laughs> Kale's not right about shit. Kale just isn't an idiot. Like, well, no, she is an idiot about some things. Kale's not always right. She just, like, had common sense about this one situation that, of course, it wouldn't work out because Brianna wasn't going to move to Delaware, and that's the only way that it would work out. So, yeah, for Javi to go to Kale before, like, when Brianna is still at his house, he has not officially broken up with her. She's, like, crying to Shirley. Uh, and Shirley even asked, like, oh, no, 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 that's in a minute. Sorry. Like, to go to Kale while Bree is still at his house is just, like, so grimy and so fucking classic Javi. And Javi is such a fucking good manipulator when it comes to Kale because he knew Kale was going to get off on that. I bet they were texting later that night. I mean, I can just, I can see it so clearly. So, Bree leaves Delaware and things did not go well. So, they, we get home and Brittany just got her wisdom teeth out and she's like talking slowly and I can't believe we did not get this footage on Teen Mom. Like, what a fucking ripoff. And Brie is saying they're not together anymore and they're still talking because he wants them to be friends. The producer, Alexis, I think her name was, I haven't really seen her before, is there and she's like asking some questions and Brie's like, I just honestly, I saw a different side of him. She said that he wasn't ready to move in the summer and Javi's like, okay, then our futures don't line up together, so we can't be together. And Brittany's like, well, why can't he come here? And, I mean, the reality is Javi said he's not going to leave his son, which is respectful and great, but, like, 
I mean, it's not an unreasonable question for Brittany to be like, okay, well, why doesn't he move here if he wants them to be together so bad? So Brittany thinks that Javi wants to trap Bray. <laughs> He's like, you know how some girls have trap babies? He wants to trap you. She's like, you... He said, Britt got, or Kale got stuck in that raggedy ass state and he wants to do that to you too. Which like, full disclosure, disclosure, Delaware's not a raggedy ass state. Honestly, I'd much rather live in Delaware than I would live in Kissimmee, Florida, like any fucking day of the week. But I understand, of course, why Brianna doesn't want to live there. I don't really know what Dover is like, where they specifically live, but I mean, I live literally 20 minutes away from Delaware. It, it's fine. It's really fine. Um... And it doesn't have summers, like in Orlando, which is just, like, the grossest place on earth, heat-wise. Orlando has the worst fucking weather. Ugh. Inland Florida is just, like, the worst place. So, Britt just, like, really is... Seems, like, glad that they broke up. Britt has always had Javi's number. I think she likes Javi as a friend, but she's always seen, like, right through his bullshit. Javi told... Brianna, that he doesn't want her to get the surgery or have it filmed at all. Even though Javi has known about it, they showed us at the beginning of the episode, like a previously on, where Bri is FaceTiming with Javi and she's like, my surgery's coming up. Also, like, all the shit's already online. What does it matter if there are two surgeries online? There's already one surgery online. Why does it matter if there's a second one? Like, you can literally see her getting her, like, labiaplasty on the internet. <laughs> Does it really matter if she gets it done? <laughs> Ugh. Brianna told him, like, too bad. I want my discount. And Javi said his image and his job come first. She's getting, we find out she's getting a breast lift, deflating her ass. Those are her words. A tummy tuck and lipo. And she used to stay in Miami for a week. And Javi was supposed to be there with her, like, basically wiping her ass. And now she doesn't really know what she's going to do. She basically just felt controlled by Javi, which I think, yeah, I think that's absolutely what he was trying to do. I think Javi had money in his eyes. I think he had storyline in his eyes. I think there's probably a little bit of the fact that, like, he's in the military and most of the guys he works with are married and, like, in joint family. Like, not joint, but, like, nuclear families that all live together and that's what he really wants. But, like, he, he's just a lunatic. And I mean, I guess he found he got back together with Lauren and got what he wanted. Uh, Brittany has a great line where <laughs> she says he's used to dating Wonder Bread. You're multigrains. You're cinnamon raisin. You're an everything bagel. <laughs> uh, Brittany is so good at one. Like, I guess that's not a one liner. Is that a one liner? Yeah, that's a one liner. The producer asks why all the conversations happened off camera. And Brittany says it's because she doesn't think that Javi, she thinks Javi doesn't want to look bad. And also suggests, she, Brittany's like, Bree, you should go make friends with Kale and find out about, like, Javi's true colors. And Bree's like, no, I'm not talking to Kale. The producer then asks a question, which I think the producer already knows an answer to. Which, by the way, so many of the producers on Team Mom are just like, so, so what do you think? What's going on? Like, they're just so mild-mannered, and it's so funny because Kale's producer isn't like that, JC, and it's, like, so obvious why, because Kale needs somebody to be combative with her. So, the producer's like, so, do you think Javi and Kale are, like, talking about you? And Brianna actually seems, like, stunned at the idea. Not stunned, but, like, almost, like, 
she hadn't thought of it. She's like, no, no, like, I, I hope not. No, I don't think so. Which, to me, shows that, like, she thought that her and Javi were probably getting back together. They were still talking a lot. Like, she thought there was still a chance with her and Javi. And that she was like, no, of course, like, of course he's not talking to Kale. I really don't think that she had any intention, like, any any thought that her and Javi were, like, fake and that Javi would be going in between her and Kale like he was. So, Brianna also tweeted something this week, like, yeah, it was all for the storyline. And people are like, oh, we knew it was fake. And then she was like, no, he was all for the storyline, his feelings. It was real on my end. And I believe that to be true. And I thought that scene in this whole episode, but especially that moment of her being like, no, like, he's not he's not talking to her. I think, to me, that showed that, like, on Bree's end, it was real, and on Javi's end, it was fake. I don't... I really think that Bree thought they'd be getting back together, like, thought there was still a chance, like, thought this was a real relationship. I mean, for Christ's sake, Javi just basically asked him to marry her. Like, last episode, this episode, he wants her to move to Delaware, have kids right away. Like, Javi is talking serious future and Brianna is considering moving her whole fucking family to Delaware for him and I really truly believe that she must have been blindsided by the podcast okay so we get a hobby scene which is oh my god I'm just realizing I think I talked about Randy and then I went on a tangent about what my dad would be like if I was on teen mom oh my god Guys, I'm so sorry. I'm such a space cadet. <laughs> I have ADD and it's unmedicated. I can't be on Adderall anymore because I abuse it. Anyways. <laughs> so, what Randy said was the show could be, the show, something along the lines of like, this show should be called Teen Mom and Hobby. <laughs> Which is true because under the Brianna headline segment, whatever, we get an exclusive Javi scene with Javi and his sister. And Javi has a full shit eating grin, what I call, you know, his Cheshire cat smile while he's talking to her. And he explains that they broke up. Javi says that they didn't agree on certain things. And he's like, well, do you think the surgery is a smart idea employer-wise? Like, your employer, my employer... And Javi's like, no, no, it's not about the surgery. Like, I could care less about the surgery. I just don't want it, like, online. Bree told Javi that she couldn't afford to pay for the surgery on his own. And on her own. <laughs> and he says, sometimes a free investment isn't a smart investment. Oh, Javi. Javi knowledge. <sighs> it's just like this shit-eating grin that he has on his face while talking shit about Bree to his sister because he thinks he's so smart. Oh, he just drives me nuts. Um, Javi says they, like, broke up, and then he woke up, and all their picture- pictures on social media are gone. And Javi doesn't want to waste his time, because he already wasted time with a divorce once, and he just doesn't want to do it again. Which is, like, if they don't want to, if they don't have the same goals, like, yeah, of course they shouldn't be together. But Javi not even giving her, like, six months to a year to figure out if they have the same goals it's just so crazy. Like, stay together for a year and then seriously consider if she should move to Delaware. Brianna just is, like, not ready to commit to moving and having his baby within one month. 
It's so nuts. It's really, it's really crazy. So, now we have to go back to Kale's segment. Uh, Kale has a little birthday party for Isaac. Uh, all his, all of Kale's friends are there. At first I was like, that's kind of weird. But then I was like, you know what? It's actually not weird. Like, Kale doesn't have family. Like, she's not going to have grandma and aunts and uncles there for Isaac. Like, she's trying to find her chosen family. And I'm not going to judge her for that. It's nice for Isaac that he had a bunch of people there. Uh, we get a scene of Isaac FaceTiming Javi to thank him for his gift. And I think that they put this in because they just wanted to remind us, like, the Kale in Javi history and that Isaac is still involved in Javi's life and, like, Kale and Hammer connected still on another level besides Lincoln. They just wanted to, like, you know, squeeze that in. So, Kale lets us know that Javi and I are getting along, along better since he broke up with Brianna and that Javi wants to come on her podcast, which is, like, ugh, grown. I, first of all, can we just, like, stop with Kale's podcast and the scenes about it? I don't care. I don't care about Kale's podcast. I don't want to hear about Kale's podcast. I don't listen to Kale's podcast. No, thank you. Um, so Javi comes on and confirms their breakup is as of right now. And Kale's like, oh, so you're going to get back together with her? The whole fucking segment is them bickering. How did anybody listen to that podcast? I wanted to, like... I really wanted to fast forward through that scene. It annoyed me so much. I cannot stand listening to people bicker. <laughs> I cannot stand it at all. Kale says that he, or that the two of them, Kale and Javi, have the weirdest relationship. And Javi's like, well, you have a harder time with it. And she was like, no, you have a harder time with it. Like, literally everything Javi says, Kale's like, no, no, no. Like, I can't imagine being in a relationship with Kale. It's like my worst nightmare. Oh, supposedly Kale and Chris are back to fucking. Kale and Bone are currently in a friendship breakup and Bone is talking mad shit on Twitter, implying that uh, she was there for uh, Kale this whole time, that her and Chris are broken up, which is true, and that as soon as Kale got back together with Chris, like Bone and Kale started being friends, which I get. Uh, Supposedly Chris was abusive towards her. Supposedly Chris was a bad person. I can understand why Bone, like, after being there for her for, like, a full fucking year and essentially helping raise her child, that she would be upset that, like, Bone, or that Kale would go back to Chris. I think it's kind of tacky that Kale, or Bone, oh my god, I'm messing their names up. I think it's tacky that Bone's talking about it online, but I can understand, like, why she's pissed about it. So, Kale, oh, Lindsay asks if they would have done anything different. Lindsay remembers Kale's podcast co-host, Lindsay Chrisley of Chrisley Knows Best fame. Uh, would he have done anything different? Like, had Bree and Kale have a combo? And Javi's like, yeah, I would have because Bree is in how she is on TV. And Kale's like, she's exactly how she is on TV. She told me to suck a dick, like, and fuck you, bitch. And it's just so annoying because Kale's still refusing to acknowledge any part in the fight between Kale and Bree. And Kale's like, I I tried to speak with her nicely, but I'll never be, like, friends with her. And if you the two of you together, I'll never be okay because you allowed her to disrespect me to my face and on camera when I said what I had to say in a nice way and that you defended her and not me. It's just like, Kale, Kale lives in a universe and the rest of us live in another one. Like, truly, it's crazy how delusional so many of these people are on this show. I, and I think for Kale and Janelle, it's because they live, 
very isolated lives. While Kale has a lot of friends, it doesn't seem that she has anyone that will ever call her out on her bullshit. And if they do, she just, like, cuts them off. Like, see Bone in their fight. Janelle, we know, has nobody in her life that will call her out on her bullshit except her mom. And they have, like, all those years of weird dynamics. And she's never going to listen to her mom. I think someone, like... Leah stays a lot more grounded because at least she has her brother, her sister, her mom. She has, like, long-term friends. I think someone like Chelsea, Macy, who else is on this show? They really, like, the three of them really stay a lot more in this universe, (laughs) I will say, because it seems that they have people around them that they have, like, genuine relationships with and can, like, genuinely communicate with. But I think Kale... And Janelle, but I'm right now focusing especially on Kale because it's her segment, like, just can't, she just doesn't have anyone in her life that she listens to except for herself. So she truly believes that she's always right. She truly believes that she did nothing wrong to Brianna. She truly believes she's the ultimate victim. Um, Kale could really use therapy and could really use some people in her lives that, like, her life would that she would allow to call her out. So back to Brie in Orlando. Uh, Brie is fucking mad about this podcast. I think this is the first time that Brie really realized that her, Kale and Javi had been talking. I think that Kale, or excuse me, Brie and Javi were obviously still talking this whole time. And then she finds out that Javi hops on a podcast with Kale, with Kale talking shit on her. If I was Brie, I would be fucking livid. Now, I would not tweet the way that Brie does because Brie is fucking ridiculous on Twitter. Brie is crazy on Twitter. She tre- tweets the wildest shit and then deletes it right away. Sometimes she just, like, will delete her whole Twitter. She's so fucking weird on the internet. But rightfully, Brie is pissed about it. Apparently, Shirley's also going to get plastic surgery with her, although Shirley's body is great. I don't know what she's getting done plastic surgery-wise. Uh, Brie called Kayla fat bitch, which is... Not okay, Brie. Don't do that. Ugh. And Javi called her and was like, you're better than this. This isn't the Brie I know. And Brie's like, well, apparently I'm not better than this. And apparently you don't know me at all. Shirley's like, you know, Kale just wants her her ratings, which is true. And they talk about how, like, Javi was going to be the one to take care of both of them, which is very weird to me. I don't understand the dynamic. I'm really confused. I'm really, really, really confused by all of it. Um, So the only person that they both know and they would both feel comfortable taking care of them is her ex-boyfriend, Dre. If you'll remember, he's the one that was at Brianna's baby shower last year that caused the whole fight with Lewis. And they're like, look, we don't want Dre to do it. He's like the last person on our contact list, but like he said he would. It's just, it's so bizarre. It's so weird. I don't understand it. I don't... Dre? I think Devon's the one that ends up going there. I don't know. None of it makes sense, guys. I mean, Javi does end up going there, but I think Devon ends up going there, too. It's just so weird. It's so weird. And that's it for the Javi-Brianna-Kill segment. Hey, guys. To hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. 
produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.